If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Hey, Tunes and Tumblers fam. Before we get to the show today, we actually have something we've never done before. We have a, uh, a new sponsor daddy that we need to promote um, it, it was a it was a hard uh, thought war, but we decided that we needed to start doing ads now because why was that, Ryan? Why, why do we need to do ads? The biggest thing is that we've been trying to save up for a um, a Greyhound bus ticket for Drew to go find his cockatoo that he left behind at a station in um, Paris, Texas. So the way you can help us out and help Drew get back his his beloved cockatoo <laughs> is. <laughs> By checking out Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the way that we distribute our podcasts, and it's the easiest way to make one. Uh, Pedro, what is great about Anchor? Oh, my God. What's not great about Anchor? It's free. You have no excuses. It is free. I don't care what your financial status is. It is free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer in case, you know, you suck at editing, or maybe you've had a few too many drinks and... You need some help. They can do it for you. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You just sit back and it will throw it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And the best part is you can make money with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need in one place. If it's your first time and you want to get into the podcast game, this is how you do it. Yeah, so download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Please, please, this Greyhound bus ticket will not buy itself. Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than just an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'd like to wish a happy belated Mother's Day to all the mamas out there, biological or otherwise. If you're wondering why this week's episode is coming a day later than usual, it's because we at TNT were doing what we do every year, calling our moms for a half-hour chat and ordering last-minute gifts from their shared Amazon wish list. And that's why we're the favorite children. Please enjoy this slightly delayed offering of your favorite podcast responsibly. As we all know, drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I barged into a random apartment and asked its inhabitants to enjoin me on the air instead of calling the police. And they are... Ryan, your music connoisseur. Pedro, your mixologist. And our guest today knows way more about the pairing of alcohol and music than we do. He got his first job at a restaurant bar in the early 80s thanks to none other than the late, great Anthony Bourdain. He later moved to West L.A. where he managed the Liquid Kitty for 20 years. He now runs daily operations at Harvell's, the oldest live music venue on L.A.'s west side, which has hosted the likes of Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, Bonnie Raitt, and Bo Diddley. Today, he's here to talk to us all about the storied history of bar life and live music as both prepare to make a post-pandemic comeback. TNT fam, please welcome Damien Anastasio to the pod. Thanks for, thanks for having me, guys. Very nice of you. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Ostensibly, we're a show about music and alcohol, but we've never talked to somebody right at the intersection of both before. Uh, we figured it's about time to live up to our name, especially since we might actually get to see some shows this year. Coming up soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But before we get started, let's catch up a little. Uh, what has everybody been listening to lately? And as an aside, Damien, we're just going to go around the room. Just tell us like the type of music you've been listening to. Any band, any artist. Just about a minute. It helps us like break the ice a little bit. Spoken so. spoken word recordings, uh, therapist <laughs> voicemails, anything like that. Um, well, in the spirit of live music, I've been listening to the Rad Trads, a group that um, 
one of the best live bands I saw in the last couple of years. They're a five piece from Brooklyn, incredible musicianship. They kind of have this intersection of uh, punk rock energy with soul, and um, everybody sings in the band. They trade off all the time, and it's uh, can't wait to see them back in the saddle. And they have a debut album out. Recommend it. Send, send me the, you got my uh, email. Send me their info, and I'll look at them. See if we can get them at the club. I think they would fit so well, actually, Damien. Personally, yeah. I have no stake in it. They're just, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I will. What about you, Damien? How about what? What do you have um, on the uh, what's on I, deck? Uh, the, during the pandemic, I was lucky enough to work uh, quite a bit with a band called Vintage Trouble. They got their start really at Harvell's about ten years ago and blew up immediately. They, my business partner, I have a couple of business partners. Uh, Seven Clark has owned the club since the mid '90s, and he found these guys and loved them. Gave him a Tuesday night residency, and he knew right away that they were going to be huge. So when the pandemic hit, I didn't really know him that well. But when the pandemic hit, they called and said, can we do some live streams from your club? So we took our PPP money, and we bought a $15,000 streaming system. Cameras, computer, switcher, the whole nine yards. Nice. And we had him in, and we did a, a show, one-hour show every other Tuesday for about three months. And I just fell in love with these guys. Not only are they four of the nicest guys you'll ever meet and they're from four different walks of life. They're completely different dudes, but their blues and their music was so fun that I just became addicted to them. So I've kind of been listening to them a lot. We, we produced a, a live show for them that, that aired on the 24th and we've just had a blast with them and they're great guys and the music's fantastic. And I've been obsessed with listening to their music. So, so uh, that's the main band I've been listening to. And I also listened to this other band. They're from Long Beach. They're a bunch of kids in their twenties. I know you guys are probably all in your 20s, too. <laughs> I'm the old man, probably. But uh, they're called Manuel the Band. Manuel is the lead. Uh, he sings and plays guitar. And it's a, it's a seven-piece, and it's got a horn section. So it's rock with, with uh, jazz and, and blues, and they have a slide guitar. And it's, it's really, their music is really fun. So nice. I, I kind of alternate between those two bands right now. That's who I'm obsessed with at the moment. And it, like I said, it, it changes periodically, but I listen to those two guys right now. Amazing. Well, thank you for thinking that we're in our 20s. That was very flattering. <laughs> uh, I love Vintage Trouble. I've seen them a couple of times. They played Bottle Rock two years ago and then like four years yeah. ago. They're amazing yeah. energy. Great live show. Yeah, the, their lead, Ty, is just ridiculous to watch. So much fun. I mean, they got their start at Harvell's and they played for maybe a month <laughs> when the tour manager of the Rolling Stones walked in and went, who the f- what are these guys? And they, they went on tour with the Rolling Stones. Wow! Yeah, just guy... like that. It's like that. They're that good. They're just that good. Does yeah. that guy come in regularly? Uh, this was ten years ago, so I don't know if he still works for the Stones or or okay. uh, I don't know who he is. It's just the story I've heard. So, yeah. Well, it's... I've only been at Harvell's for a little, almost four years, three and a half years. Yeah, I mean that's just that speaks to the kind of caliber. I mean, of folks, which we'll get into. So I have a funny story, but this is Drew, the producer. I... <laughs> Hello, listeners. I have a funny story about Vintage Trouble. I think my college roommate was Uh-oh. at that show at Harvell's you were talking about, Damien, because I remember uh, they came home one night and they were like, I just saw this really awesome new band and I had to get their record. And like, he, you know, they showed me the CD and it was Vintage Trouble. <laughs> anyway, this was about 10 years ago. So yeah, it was probably around that time. Yeah. yeah. So Drew wants to thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, but we're going to get into all, man, I can't wait oh, to get yeah, into this, this is the story be... history, but we need to, we need to hear what Pedro is getting into oh, these days. Man, so I, I'm I'm visiting family for I came to visit family for Mother's Day. And so the last few days has been a lot of um Herp Albert and the Tijuana Brass. Oh, wow. I mean it's music that I grew up with with my family and everything. So it's just, just been kind of nice just going back and listening to that. Um anyone who doesn't know it's just you know this big band sound sort of with these uh sort of Latin flavored horns thrown in and it's yeah. just really it's really like easy listening stuff like adult contemporary really from like the sixties I think it was. Um uh, it's really enjoyable music. It's great, like background stuff. It's great for, like, you know, if you have stuff to do around the house, throw on some of that and just sort of enjoy your day. Uh, so yeah, a lot of Herb Albert in the last, a lot of Herb Albert in the last couple of days. You'll, you'll hear a lot of Herb Albert if you watch old seventies TV. Yeah, they did. They did a lot of like for hee haw, not hee haw, but like um, 
Rowan and Martin's laughing. They did a lot of music for them and stuff like that in the late yeah. 60s, early 70s. Yeah. The game, yeah, the game show you can, hear, you can hear some Herb Albert. I think it's in uh, Notorious B.I.G., one of Notorious B.I.G.'s biggest hits. Uh, yep. Hypnotize, I think it was. Mm, uh, I'm yeah. not sure, but it sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Very sampled. Anyway, you, anyway you've heard it. If you haven't heard him, <laughs> trust me, you have. You've also yeah. seen the woman covered in whipped cream, I'm sure, at a thrift store. If you've ever done a record digging. <laughs> no, that was just will. me. Sorry. Whipped cream. <laughs> I think it was called Whipped Cream and Other Delights. Yeah, I think that's it. That is the name of my burlesque. Never show. listened to it, but it's on display in the in the You're room hired. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time that I wrap this up. Um, so uh, a couple weeks ago, we hosted the amazing Town Win, and she was talking all about when she gets creative, she likes to listen to jazz, specifically Thelonious Monk. And I was like, I had so. Uh, you know, for, for people who have been um, listening to the pod, they know that I am in grad school right now. And the other day I had a hundred pages to read in like a couple of hours. And I'm like, I'm going to blast through this. So I I was like, I'm going to try Thelonious Monk. And I just threw on like a playlist of his essentials and it like stimulated my brain. I was blasting through this like I was on speed or something like it, it was just it really uh, it, it was really conducive to what I was trying to do. I specifically enjoyed what he was doing with uh, Miles Davis. That was there were a few tracks on there with him. Um, it's weird you say that. No one ever did Speed who created jazz at any point <laughs> in history. So. I was going to say, were you also on Speed? <laughs> you know, funnily enough, uh, all of my classmates in the Slack group were like, "Anthony, what are you on?" And I'm like, uh, "Trust me, just jazz. I swear to God, I on life. I'm, I'm on jazz. I on life, friend. <laughs> there, there was enough drugs in the jazz world that you just got it through osmosis. Yes, yeah. <laughs> audibly high. <laughs> well, yeah. So that's what I was doing this week. But yeah, as a quick reminder to everyone, every song or artist that we mention on the pod goes directly onto the episode playlist. So use that power wisely, or don't. I'm not the mom you forgot to buy a gift for last Sunday." So, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're doing things a little differently today. The doors of the TNT bar remain closed, and we're taking a trip down to Santa Monica. Ryan, where are we drinking today? Uh, tonight we'll be drinking uh, not at the TNT bar per usual, uh, due to a, um, a vague infestation, but we'll be drinking at Harvell's, the iconic bar and live music venue in downtown Santa Monica. That's right. But to get in, we need to show the bouncer your ID, Damien, even though it's your bar. <laughs> it's happened. Believe me, it's happened. <laughs> so, so what I, did you bring? I, I just grabbed something in, in my bedroom. Uh, it's a weird side note. I have the strangest hobby that you'll ever hear of. I, I do flying trapeze twice a week. So oh, I, wow. I brought my, my, my belt. My flying trapeze belts. Oh, that is incredible. Your name, wow. name on it. That is <laughs> yeah, yeah. dope. Oh my god! As I just grabbed the first thing I could see when I went to get my headphones, and I, uh, I thought, oh, that'd be cool. So, you know, brag a little bit about the flying trapeze. Of course, cool. you would be so. surprised what the guests on this show like, like their secret lives. Um, Anybody you talk to, if you kind of dig a little bit, one of the one of the, and, we, and we'll probably talk about this later if we talk about bartending. But as a bartender, your number one job is to make people feel at home and all you do is get them to talk about themselves drink drinks are secondary but once you start talking to people people are so fascinating it's the shit that they like and the things that they're into it's so much fun to just talk to people and just find out what what they're about and you find out crazy shit like that and it, that's one of the best things about bartending and would you look at that we're in wouldn't it be something if we couldn't with that trapeze belt <laughs> <laughs> Damien, tell me a little bit about the interior of Harvell's for our listeners who haven't gotten to be there. I can't, I cannot, I can't do that without giving a little bit of history because the Harvell's was opened in 1931. It's been the continuously run operation since Prohibition, um, and it used to be twice as big because it was two. It was one large storefront, and the 40s they split it down the middle. So the stage you see at Harvell's is actually half of what the stage was. And there was a walk around on either side of the stage and the bathrooms were behind the stage. Ladies room was behind one side. The men's room was behind the other. Now they split it down the middle. It's a smaller stage and the ladies room and the men's room are now behind the stage through one side. So when you walk in, there's a 32 foot bar right in front of you that spans almost half the building. And across from the bar are red velvet, uh, not velvet, uh, uh, vinyl seats, uh, banquettes with, with I think there's uh, eight tables. And then we have three more tables in the very back of the room 
that are in the dark um, and they're only lit by one red light. Uh, each table has one red light on it. So it's pretty dark in there. Like that. And at the mm-hmm. very end of the room is the stage. And uh, and it's a, it's a small stage, but we fit, you know, five, six people on that stage at a time. Uh, it's a dark wooden and red vinyl bar. It's 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 pretty nice. It's beautiful. Um, you don't want to see it with the lights on, but it is a good looking place with the lights <laughs> on. And the uh, and the special lights that we have we've we've installed since uh, my friend Jason and I took over. It's it's a cool looking spot. You have to see it. The only time I've been to Harvell's, um, the there was an event going on um, on your back patio in the in the parking lot. You were doing uh, uh, cinema. Uh, we we saw the movie Airplane um, projected on the nearby um, uh, building. So the only in. The only look at the interior I got was when I was being walked from the front door to the back door by oh, somebody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, early pandemic when people were just trying to open back up, but we didn't have any vaccines. So hopefully it'll be different this time around. <laughs> yeah, the, the story is uh, Los Angeles County is going to open up with no tears. They're going to lift all the restrictions on June 15th. There'll be mask recommendations. And that's our plan. We, we started booking the room for Tuesday, June 15th. We have like a week-long schedule of parties, and we're, we're still booking some of the bigger ones. But we're doing a Mardi Gras party. I'm a huge New Orleans fan, and my biggest, my favorite holiday is Mardi Gras. And we missed it this year. So we're throwing a Mardi Gras in June party. It's a Friday night. We have a Zydeco jazz blues band. We have a barbecue out back, and we'll have king cake and beads. And we'll just do it up. So that'll all happen in June. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to be open it fully on June 15th, unless something goes horribly wrong uh, and this variant starts to kill people again. I think we're going to be okay. So, Is that the alligator brass party? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> That's a different one. Uh, the, those guys are a New Orleans, New Orleans style band. Oh, they man. do a jazz, jazz uh, what do you call it? New Orleans jazz funk party. They do it once a month. Oh, it's the band like that we leaders. hired for our Mardi Gras okay. party is uh, guys that I knew from the Liquid Kitty days, and the, the the band leader is is from that area of the country, New Orleans, that side of Texas over there, and he brings in all his friends, and he's played with some huge bands, and uh, he's just an old friend, and all the guys that come in are just like journeyman players. They'll start down the street with instrumental, uh, and they'll they'll start playing saints when the saints come marching in and they'll start down the street and they march into the bar and it's it's just so much fun you guys have to you have to come that is an you infectious you, you heard style. it here first june, june 25th june 25th june 25th mark your calendars tnt fans who live in la um but we'll get i, I really want to get to more history but first we need the other half of the equation um pedro do we have anything special on tap today well, here's the thing. We're at this bar. It's not my bar. We're going to let Harvell's sort of do its thing. And it's kind of crowded in here. So you guys just make your orders nice and easy. Get something good. Just make it quick. Like, don't bug these guys too much. Get your drinks and get off. Get on with it. I'm ordering a gin and soda, a double gin and soda for my evening. Oh, wow. So nice quick and nice and tasty. What about you, Ryan? What did you get? Uh, I have a Coors uh, Banquet Tall Boy. <laughs> and uh paired with a shot of the it. cheapest vodka in the bar <laughs> and uh that's the kind of night we're having tonight i was beckoned by the call of zydeco there's no other music that draws you in more than that so not that course banquet have, has anything to do we with have a drink at harvell's called the low life and it's a tall boy pbr and a shot from the well wish you would have told me you named something after me but that's okay <laughs> we can, uh, talk about that later but uh, i stole that drink from liquid kitty that was a drink at the liquid kitty we brought it to harvell's but yeah it fits great it's great I like that's that. great hmm. I, I like that great name for but, me yeah. i i was trying to go back to the time when i would go to like three or four shows a week and it was always like you want to get the drink that you know that uh, will make you feel comfortable will really um help facilitate the experience and for me that was always a whiskey soda you can't uh it it doesn't look as good as pedro's um but uh the soda i decided to use because i have been on a real kick as you know is topo chico so topo chico um 
please sponsor us. Please, please, please sponsor us. I bought two 48 packs. When will you repay me? <laughs> We're either going to get a, a sponsorship or a restraining order from Topo Chico, I think. Yeah. Uh, when, me, when we get the letter, I'm going to have you open it, and I'll, I'll just <laughs> I'll cross my fingers it's not a cease and desist letter. <laughs> uh, as an aside, Damien, this has been a running joke. Well, I, I'm generously calling it a joke. It's been a running bit that I've been doing for like the past 10 episodes. <laughs> he calls it trying to get trying to get a sponsor yeah trying to get topo chico because they're big right now <laughs> i think they just came out with a chocolate drink oh my god what oh boy topo choco <laughs> no Damn, that's no, amazing no, don't, no. don't encourage him do not encourage him <laughs> i have to google i have to google this now because I, I i'm pretty sure it's true but <laughs> topo, choco, topo, choco. topo choco i think so yeah what, well, hey, maybe what does it? Maybe Listen, they're, they're, they're... here's my point of view. Why not? We'll manifest it. <laughs> I was looking up what topo means the other day, and it means mole, right, Pedro? Is that true? El topo oh. on its own is the mole, <laughs> right? Yeah, so is it mole boy? Is that? <laughs> I, I guess so. It's the mole boy soda hey, the, water. The, the, the thing is, like, even things that do have a direct translation, when it doesn't always work in English. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to pretend that it means the mole boy and I'm going to continue consuming it unironically. It's, it's fitting. <laughs> uh Damien, are you drinking anything tonight or are you uh, on I am drinking Woodford Reserve rye. Okay. Hell yeah. Now we're talking. So, we're I, professional I, I, I Pedro, you might you might have the school of uh, uh as bark if you ever go out with somebody and they drink something really simple like whiskey rocks you know that they're a bartender because they don't want to order anything with a bartender and make them work. So we don't, <laughs> most of the bartenders never drink something neat or that, beer and that's it. That is literally uh, me. Like I don't, I usually don't drink it neat, but it's usually really easy and like quick. If you're, if you're going to a crowded bar and you're trying to order like a tequila sunrise or something with cream in it, you're an idiot jerk. <laughs> I like, better tip at least 25% if you're doing that. You better tip two hundred percent of whatever you paid for the drink. You're so, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't mind if somebody because that's what that's what we're supposed to do. You know, I, I'm right. definitely not the bartender that gets mad when somebody orders. I, oh, the blender doesn't work. I'm not that guy. I'm right. more than happy to make it for you. But bartenders, a, a bartender will sit at the bar and go, "I'll just have whiskey and eat." And you're like, "Where do you work?" <laughs> we know. I mean, uh, we know. Yeah, right so, away, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, are, is asking for a drink with blended egg whites. Uh, that's not a good move, is it? You're a terrible person. Yeah. Uh, it that, dep- you know, if you're a bar that does that, great. Yeah. It's, it's like when somebody comes in and wants like a, a pina colada <laughs> and you're a martini bar. Like, well, you must get that. Kind of know where you're at, you know, know, yeah. know, your, know, know your location. There's mm-hmm. a time the thing place. is that'll never go away being at the location you're at, right? Because you're near all those hotels in Santa Monica <laughs> near the near ocean and all that. So you must. God. Yeah. There must be so much of that. I, I want us to continue this conversation because I'm I'm loving where it's going, but we need to toast. We have all our drinks and we haven't toasted <laughs> oh, yeah. yet. All right. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Drink Drew has vodka. Cheers. Yeah. What do you have, Drew? What's in your what's in your cup? I'm the I'm the designated podcast producer, so I'm just drinking water tonight. <laughs> That's funny because last week he definitely did not. <laughs> Ooh. He totally just outed him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's start at the beginning, Damien. You've had a storied history in the bar scene going back over 40 years. Can you tell us a little about how you got your start? <clears throat> My dad was one of those guys that just worked his entire life. You know, he was a veteran from the Korean War and just always had a labor job. He never wore a suit, never wore a tie. Um, he loved booze but he wasn't a drinker and my dad was one of those guys that just because he he loved it didn't mean he'd have to indulge once in a while he'd have a rum and coke <clears throat> so in the 70s 80s he started working in liquor stores and he built a bar in our dining room so my house had a nine foot bar with a cash register bar stools a booth and every kind of alcohol you can imagine it was a fun way for a kid to grow up so I always lived around booze and my dad was teaching me how to make drinks at a young age and he didn't drink. So he would feed them to me. Um, Maybe not. He's a great dad, but maybe not the best dad, but he he was amazing. Um, 
<laughs> and in the late 70s, early 80s, he decided he wanted to know more about wine. So he started to take these wine tasting classes. Now, wine back then was much different than it is now. There were only a few regions where they made good wine, and there was only a few kind of varieties. Mm. And at the time, my dad was one of the few people in the world that can take a glass of wine and hold it up against a white piece of paper and tell you what year it was, what variety it was, and what part of the country, what part of the world it came from, mm. um, without drinking. And so we would go to wine tasting classes. I was 16, I think. I'd go with him, and we'd, we would sip the wine. He would spit it out, and I would drink it. And so he would always make fun of me for getting drunk. Uh, my dad was a lot of fun. He was really funny. Um, so that's kind of where it all started at, at a very young age. And I was making drinks for his weekend cocktail parties since I was 10. Um, wow. My first job in an actual bar was down on the South Street Seaport. I was a, I started out as a busboy, bar back, and then the crazy sous, sous chef who was always high and was mean to everyone, was really nice to me. He gave me a bar. They needed somebody bartender on a Sunday night. So he said, use your bar back. He's fun. And I used to have a blast with the guy, but he's just this crazy drug addict. And it was, it was Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> Hell yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, he was crazy chef Tony. I didn't know who he was at the time. He was just some crazy sous chef, you know, and he only, I only worked with him for a couple of weeks when he gave me the job and then he was gone and I never saw him again. But, <clears throat> but so that's that story. I didn't really know who he was. And, so that's, I started bartending, God, had to be 82, 84, something like that in New York. And then I went to college, went back to New York, went to went, finished college, went back to New York. There's a lot, there's acting school and all this crazy stuff. But so I, I worked at that restaurant on and, off, on and off until the mid nineties when I moved to LA and I had a million jobs here in LA until I finally landed at Liquid Kitty, which was a little really dark uh, martini bar all wood. You, you'd walk in and you couldn't see anything. It was so dark in there. And I worked there for 20 years and we had just so much fun. I had the best boss. I had the best coworkers and we just drank. <laughs> we did shots with everyone and uh, just had a blast. And I, I never made so much money in my life and had so much fun. Uh, we lost our lease for Liquid Kitty in 2016. We closed in August of 2016. And almost immediately, the owner of Harvell's contacted one of my coworkers and I and said, do you guys want to run my bar? And so we negotiated for about a year. And I said, look, we don't want to run. An, I don't want to run another bar and then lose it after 20 years. Let us buy it. He's like, I don't want to sell it. I'm like, I know, I know. So we, uh, Jason, my, my buddy and I, we, we put a proposal together. We, we took over controlling interest. He's still our partner and we run it. And we have a blast and we work rare. We work really hard. I don't know if I, now looking back, I don't know if I want to own a bar, but I do. And I, I put my whole life into it and I love it. Um, and it, it's a, it's a good gig in that I have time to pursue other things and I'm still an actor and I still do trapeze, but I've just been in the bar business since I was 10, you know, been in bars. I mean, my grandfather took me to my first bar when I was five. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've been around the block and I, I, I have a lot of respect for people that work differently. I work a certain way. I'm pretty easygoing. Um, and there's no right or wrong way to do it. There's no right or wrong attitude to have when you bartend. But there's some things that I think work better. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think, Pedro, we kind of talked about this via email this week. Simpler is almost always better and almost always works. Mm -hmm. And uh, and one of the things I've learned is that I think I was kind of an angry kid. And now I, I have very little temper. I don't get angry anymore. I realize that Usually it's not about me when somebody treats me like shit. It's about something going on in their life. Mm. Right. And so if I can turn that around, especially from behind the bar, mm -hmm. and make that person's experience good, then they will generally turn around and go to the next place and make the next experience better for someone else. So I, 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 I kind of think that bartending is about making somebody's night better. That's what drinking is all about, right? We're drinking to forget. We're drinking to celebrate. We're drinking to remember. And if as a bartender, I could make that experience better. That's really what bartending is all about for me. So hmm. that's incredible. Love that. Hearing you talk about having your, your dad, having that, uh, that home cocktail bar or brought me back. Um, so my stepdad, he didn't do anything like that, but he would always have 11 year old me make him his drinks every night. And he'd always want like a, 
kind of like a, a little bit of a twist of a uh, on a sex on the beach. Um, it was vodka, cranberry, grapefruit, orange. And I always uh, like he'd get home and I'd be like, oh, like, let me get you your drink. And I would always know exactly <laughs> yeah. like how to do it uh, for him. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely didn't grow into like the uh, the mixology extraordinaire that we have on the show over there. We heard about the way Anthony cuts lemons. Oh yeah, uh, I, I I sliced them lengthwise instead of widthwise, and in my defense, I was in a hurry. Um, in, but this is almost the, it, inexcusable. Also, though, like you you cook a lot. I do cook a lot. <laughs> you, know, also, you know how to treat. You know how to treat food. I do, but this is a different animal altogether. <laughs> but you know, the lemon still works. Yeah. Right. You really just you're still going to squeeze really it into the, the drink. Juice. Oh yeah, yeah it's still it, here. It still works. It's still it's not like it broke it. <laughs> no, he broke it. He broke the lemon. <laughs> Damien, it, the the mindset that Damien has clearly is one that most people will never reach. It's like very zen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, and and that I th- I think that can only come from that. It's so much. It's such a. I feel like you can you can go two separate ways, right? When you're bartending, you can either grow to hate the world, or you can really grow to love it and appreciate everything of it so well, don't get me wrong i could i hate the world but, <laughs> but i i do my part to make every day everyone's day a little bit better you know mm-hmm. I, there's there's that I, well, I think this term is pay it forward but mm-hmm. I, I i do believe that we live in little concentric circles and like drops in the ocean yeah. and mm-hmm. if my drop and i treat people well they go treat other people well and i i i'm an atheist i don't believe in fate i don't believe in god I believe that we treat each other well, and then that affects our lives. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and I hate people. So, <laughs> you, yeah, but also, you, but you're also an actor. When you get behind the bar, you know to turn it on. You're ready to go. Well, there's uh, there's different <laughs> kinds of bartenders. There's bartenders that have an attitude. There's bartenders that don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. The bottom line in the bar is always the bar's not going to be there if we're not making money. So the bottom line is always make money. Yeah. And if you're pissing people off and you're you're treating people poorly, it might be a niche thing that some people like, but in general, it, it's not going to work over time. It's, it's gotta be about the relationship that people come to the bar and they feel at home. Yeah. And if, if an asshole comes in and he feels at home, he's still going to come in and spend money. Right. So <laughs> I love it. I, I make them feel, I believe that you should make people feel like they're in their living room. They're having a blast and I'm their best friend. And the beauty of bartending too, is that, if there's somebody that's annoying, I got I can go. Hey, you know, my job requires that I go stand over there and do nothing, and I just walk away because I have three feet of wood between us. You know. Yeah. A, a waiter has a tougher time. A, a cocktail waitress has the worst experience of all because she's stuck talking to these mm. people that are you know flirting with her and grabbing her ass. Oh, and I have the protection of three feet of wood between us. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's easier for me to be zen or nicer. To people, you know? mm-hmm. I, I kind of go through something similar at my job. I stand on my feet for 12 hours a day i'm around actors and personalities that like it's always a grab bag you never know what a set's gonna look like you don't know who is coming in to work and sometimes it's tough sometimes um working with uh people who come into a room with negative energy um can kind of sour a whole day but like you know if you if you take like a positive outlook uh, you can not only make their day better, you can make your day better too. Even if you yeah. don't want to be yeah, there. For, absolutely. Absolutely. There, there are many days where I, I have a shitty day and I know I got to go to work. And right before I step behind the bar, I'm like, okay, let everything go. And I walk in and it's packed and I have a blast. And, yeah. you know, I joke around about I hate people, but they, they tend to cheer me up. Uh, and then one of the things I get, I get a little philosophical. I have some philosophy majors. So <laughs> I apologize if I get too uh, philosophical, <laughs> but one of the things is that we we all experience shit in our lives, and we have this happened to me, this happened to me. I'm sad. When you talk to people and you get them to talk about themselves, you realize that you're not alone. And mm-hmm. as a bartender, you, you get people to kind of unload, and it makes them feel at home. It makes them feel comfortable, but it also is cathartic for you to learn that you know as shitty as my day was, this poor bastard's going through hell, and things aren't that bad for me. And I, 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 we have the, Pedro, you can attest this. We have the ability to go, hey, do a shot with me. I put it on the comp check and I do a shot with somebody yeah. who's having a shitty day. Yeah. And it, it makes that little gesture cost the bar pennies. Mm-hmm. And it means the world to your customer. Yeah. 
Uh, and so it's cathartic for both of us. It's a really like tangible way to help. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause yeah. you always kind of like, well, what can I do other than listen? Yeah. Like, like, is there a way I can help you? And in that uh, situation there is, and it's kind of nice. Bartenders yeah. are therapists. Yeah. That's the, that's the, like, we are Basically. to a certain degree. We definitely are. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. I'm a, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm in school to get my clinical psychology degree and then licensure, but really I should have just gone to bartending school is what I'm <laughs> what I'm learning right now. <laughs> but yeah, so I want to talk um, a little bit about you know what what it is that we do here. Uh, we believe at Tunes and Tumblers that this mix of senses, particularly taste, smell, and sound, they enhance one another. Um, have you found the same as the owner of not just a bar, but a music venue? For sure. This last three, three and a half years has been a different experience for me because, you know, I've worked in bars that were the attraction was the food. The attraction was the liquor where the attraction now is the music. Um, we talked about regulars briefly. We don't have a lot of regulars. We have people that are regular fans of the band. So if there's a repeat band, we see the same people. So I don't have that experience. There is, definitely some tie between the music and what people drink and what the music enhances the liquor as well as the liquor enhances the music. Mm, yeah. Um, and it's so, it's so hard because pe- there are people that get too drunk that have too much and enjoy t- <laughs> too much, What? but, the, but it does open up. There's a thing about booze and about music that opens up the inhibitions. People feel a little bit more free a little more down to earth. And for the most part, that's a good, and it's, it's freeing. And, and we talked about being a bartender and helping people get through their day. Boy, that really does too. Music certainly does. Uh, there's solace in music. There's, it brings back memories and events and it makes you forget the bad times. And that's one of the beauties of music. And it definitely goes hand in hand with booze because booze does the same thing. That's so interesting. What you said about, um, different fans ordering different drinks and we kind of do a microcosm of that here but like it's so tailored to the specific artists that we're working with or the specific yeah. band that we're listening to but like to generalize it it's kind of like uh like a statistic almost um so like yeah. for instance what would uh, a typical uh vintage trouble um fan order at the bar mm. so well with vintage trouble we'll go through a lot more just your standard vodka drinks, like mm. vodka cran, vodka soda. Uh, we have a couple of kind of, we have a deadhead cover band or a, a Grateful Dead cover band called Jerry's Middle Finger, and we'll sell. Oh, I love it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we'll sell, for those of you who don't know, Jerry Garcia missed, was missing a middle finger. So there's a tribute band called Jerry's Middle Finger, and they're great. They're, they're really amazing. They're really nice guys and girls. It's a mix of people. I don't want to leave the ladies out. Um, but th- that crowd, I'll go through five cases of Bud Light in one night. <laughs> it's remarkable. It's remarkable. Yeah. yeah. Huh. And then we have these, these like uh, kind of indie bands that play and they're more artsy and, and I'll, I'll sell a ton of, of whiskey. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's, it's interesting to see what the, like, sometimes I don't, a band I don't know. And I'm like, all right, what are we going to sell tonight? And if we sell a, a ton of gin, I'm like, Jesus Christ, everyone's drinking gin. How did that happen? That is so interesting. Has anyone only ordered, uh, has only, has anyone only ordered picklebacks? Oh, uh, that would be like, we don't, we don't have pickle juice. People do order it. Um, that's more your crowd. That's. Of so we have one night uh, a month that's we do four or five bands, which is logistically insane. Yeah, for for any club, let alone our club. Our my sound man hates it, but <laughs> it's really fun. It's only five bucks to get in, and it, they're all local bands. And all these their kids, all their friends show up, and and those nights we do a lot of shots and a lot of pickle picklebacks. And I've been known to do shots with a lot of people. So mm, that's fun. That's fun. fun fact, I don't think I've ever done a pickleback. So good. Sorry to hear it's that. It's oddly delicious. It's always, yeah, it's always fun to like see someone's reaction the first time because they're like, I never want to do it because I'm like, ah, oh, it's going to be awful. And I'm like, oh, that's not bad. It's yeah, good. and then it's, it's pretty good. It's like riding a roller coaster at a Magic Mountain. It's like riding Goliath. You're like, oh, this is fucked up. What am I doing? <laughs> and then you have it and it's the best feeling of your life. It's so yeah. smooth. It's so good. 
probably that's a better. That was a much more wholesome example analogy. than I was going to say. <laughs> Tell you what, June fifteenth, Mardi Gras, Harvell's, doing my first pickleback shot, and then taking yeah, a bus. Dude, to bring Magic bring your own jar of Vlasic. Yes. You'll have to get a. You'll have to get a Sazerac. Oh yeah, mm. there you go. Yeah, that's the one. You got to get a Sazerac, Anthony. You and guys better be there. Can we do some move? Can we get a Mufalada truck? Can we make that happen? I don't know who I'm talking uh, about. We haven't. <laughs> who I'm asking? We, we haven't booked the food truck yet, but it'll probably be. So I'm going to New Orleans on June 3rd. Actually, I go. I oh, you usually are? go once a year with friends. So, oh, but shoot. um, uh, yeah, we haven't booked the food yet, but well, it'll be something barbecue or etouffee or yeah. Oh my god, a crawfish, crawfish boil, crawfish etouffee is yeah. god. That was you the best do thing. It. I, that's the best thing I had. In Get New some Orleans. po' boys in there. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We got to get. Um, I'd be uh, outside the... all night eating, though. <laughs> work. Right. Maybe it's a bad idea. <laughs> Little Jewel in Chinatown, man. God, if we could get. Again, I don't know who I'm talking to. I guess I'm just. <laughs> I guess I'm, I guess Ryan's I'm, just musing out loud. Talking. Ryan's just thinking out just loud talking into the microphone. It's like tunes and tumblers <laughs> and, and, and food now. So. Oh, yeah. Just That's throw... going to be our spinoff podcast. We got to talk to Mitch about that one. Big Daddy Mitch, our editor in chief. The guy who keeps the lights on. I just ask for food occasionally. I just throw stuff out into the app, you know, into the atmosphere, and usually doesn't work. Sometimes it works. We're still waiting on that Firestarter cover by uh, by Luna Aura. Oh yeah, yeah, the one oh, that you yeah. suggested. Oh, yeah. Well, we can't take credit for that if she already had that in her brain. No, I'll take credit. For that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the interview. <laughs> so, Damien, I read an interview where you said that though Harvell's is traditionally an old blues club, that Old blues clubs are where old men go to die. <laughs> Did oh, I no. say that? <laughs> you were quoted as saying that. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to old blues fans. I love, I love blues. I probably did say that. I meant no. Show effects. me the lie. Uh, well, um, <laughs> so so I, I guess the question I wanted to ask was, how do you go about preserving the history while updating the vibe for a more od- modern audience? Well, we. You know, we we have different nights that have different styles. Um, one of the staple of Harvell's for the last twenty years has been a guy named Toledo Diamond, and he does a, the Toledo show every Sunday night. Oh yeah, and uh, Seven Clark again, my business partner who's been there since the nineties. He discovered Toledo, not discovered. He he met Toledo. Was doing a show at the the Derby in Hollywood, and Seven was like, "I have this club. I want you to do my Sunday night show." And Toledo's like, "It'll never work." He's like, bring it to our club. We'll make it work. That show has become the staple show of Harvell's. Toledo is synonymous with Harvell's. Harvell's is synonymous with Toledo. Um, and Toledo has this kind of blues rap style of singing. And he surrounds himself with some of the best musicians you'll ever meet. And I, it's his own style. I can't, it's not really blues. It's not real. It's, it's hard to describe what he does. But he also has burlesque dancers on aerial artists that, walk through the audience and perform on the bar as well as aerial rigs that are hanging in the middle of the floor. So it is a completely interactive, immersive show. And it has been the biggest hit for Harvell's from for 18, 19 years. He kind of has a noir influence, right? He's kind of yeah, got that for sure, going on. For sure. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Toledo, the Toledo show on Sunday night, it's just a must see. It's just a spectacular show. Every time I go, I'm like, because I'm off on Sundays, but I'll sneak in. <laughs> but you still, just be- still go to work. Well, yeah, because even before I was interested in taking over Harvell's, I would go there to see Toledo. Yeah. So uh, even now, that's my night off. I, I'll sneak in just to watch. And I'm always like just awestruck, like how great it is. So getting back to the styles of music, Toledo has his own thing. Friday and Saturday nights at Harvell's is generally older, old school kind of blues acts. Friday can sometimes be bigger acts. Like we'll do the Jerry's middle finger. We'll do Cubensis. We'll do, we'll do other big acts that, that, that are, that have a, a different style um, rather than blues. But then Monday night is kind of a jazz uh, jam session. So different artists from, from around the world, if they're in town, they get up and they play with, with CC Thomas, who is mm. uh, Diana Ross's musical director. So mm. He runs the Monday night jam session. And then Tuesday night, we usually have indie bands, uh, local bands from around town. We give them a chance to perform. We have a singer-songwriter happy hour. So we give uh, independent solo performers a chance to play for an hour and a half uh, during happy hour. 
Wednesday used to be reggae, hip hop, funk. And that was just the funnest mm. night. And I'm not sure if they're going to come back, but we, I love them. They were so much fun and it, just different. And then Thursday was generally burlesque. So sometimes it was live music with girls dancing. Most of the time it was piped in music with girls dancing on the bar and doing aerial arts. So we mix, we mix up the, the genres of music, but we're known as a blues club because our staple on Friday and Saturday nights is generally blues. And so what I meant by a blues club is where all blues musicians go to die is the, you're not going to have a draw seven nights a week. I said it earlier, our bottom line is really about if the club's not making money, we don't have a place for artists to play. And as a club owner, as an artist, my business partner, Jason, who he and I run the club, we really feel it's important that the artists who play there not only feel comfortable and feel treated well, but they make a good money. They make decent money. So we always cut them deals where whatever we make at the door, we give you 80 to 90%. And then we make our money on booze. It's, it's a really simple equation. Mm-hmm. We make a little bit of money at the door to pay our doorman and our sound engineer. And then we make our money on, on liquor sales. That way, the bands always feel comfortable. Yeah. So, yeah, a bar that's a blues bar is where old, men go, old blues guys go to die. <laughs> I probably did say that. But, but what I mean is that the, the bar's not going to survive. Yeah. I if dig it's it. just blues seven nights a week. Adapt or die. It's not going to make it. <laughs> Adapt or die. That's a, really, that's a really good way to look at it. Um, so you mentioned a lot of different nights there. I'm wondering how many of them are slated to come back uh, when this is all over. So, yeah, we're in the process now. Uh, Seven still books the room and Jason works with him on, on booking. They're working on that now. And so we're kind of in negotiations. Uh, the problem with the, well, many problems with the pandemic. One of the things that we're experiencing is, experiencing is that everyone wants more money. Um, yeah. And, you know, ticket prices are going to go up. Alcohol prices are going to go up. We're trying to avoid that. Our prices are still really, really reasonable for the Santa Monica area. Um, we, so we don't want to raise them that much, but it looks like we're going to have to go that route. So we're in negotiations with a lot of the bands. Uh, I saw the calendar today and it looks like it's filling up. Um, and a lot of the old bands are coming. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We got Led Zepp again coming, right? Led Zepp again coming, yeah. Yeah, they're a blast. Seen them at the Candy Club. Led Zeppelin has seen them the and gone. <laughs> they like us. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great act. Who needs Greta Van Fleet? See Led Zeppelin again. <laughs> I, I want I, no shade I, thrown. Let's I, be clear. I want this. Uh, <laughs> I'll te- I'll I want this on no the shade. record that I'm not the person who brought up Greta Van Fleet this time. <laughs> Led Zeppelin again is is phenomenal. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm a. I I love the Canyon Club. That's where I went growing up. You know that, Drew. I've told you this. <laughs> we need to get Drew a microphone so he stops like leaning into my space to talk. <laughs> Droplets, Drew. Damien, did you ever go to the Canyon Club? No, I've never. No, been, you didn't no. grow up. Or oh, wait a second, you grew up in New York, right? You're a New York guy. Uh, I grew up in Connecticut, New York, when I was 17. Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm. Uh, so one more question before we start transitioning here. We were talking a little bit about coming back from the pandemic. And when we got acquainted, as I mentioned earlier, your friend, my partner, brought me to Harvell's for that outdoor movie night in your back parking lot. And it's really great that you were able to put on events like that to stay afloat during the pandemic. But, you know, not everyone was so lucky. So many of our favorite places have shut down permanently in the last year, which, you know, total shame. But what was it like as a club owner trying to get by during this year-long catastrophe? Uh, you guys may know this already, and some of you, your viewership probably already knows, but bars and restaurants run on a very thin margin. Um, it's not like we have tons of money in the bank. Uh, I'm a left-wing liberal, but I've always been very conservative with money. Uh, so when the, when, when the pandemic hit, I had way too much money in the bank. <laughs> most, of my, most of the people I know who own bars are like, how much do you have? What? And I said to my business partners, I go, look, this, this, I kept this kind of money for an emergency. And if this is not an emergency, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were lucky enough to be right in the first draw with the PP, PPE, the PPP, the Payroll Protection yeah. Plan. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So we got a big chunk of change with that. And we put our staff back to work and paid them more than 60%. We were supposed to pay 60%. And the rest we spent on the streaming system. We didn't make a ton of money streaming, but we, did okay. Um, it's not like having the place open for sure. Um, and then uh, 
we got a we got an SBA loan for 150 grand. And that was just, I literally applied and the next day it was in my bank account. And uh, now the the federal government has this shuttered venues operators grant that we've got the application in, we're waiting, but that's for a big chunk of change. And that's going to take care of any debts that we've occurred, uh, accrued over the last year. And we're also going to, we have to spend it on payroll mainly, but we'll also be rebuilding the sound system. And we really want to redo the lights. Uh, we have a kind of an antiquated light system. We would like to redo that. So that we've, we made it through because of ingenuity and just persistence and the fact that I was a little bit anal-retentive with keeping money in the bank. I'm a small business owner myself, but my company only has two employees. So PPP didn't really make sense for us. But yeah, thank God that there, were, uh, there was bailout money. Um, yeah. Drew, Drew, thanks you. He was one of the, he was, one, he, he had to get paid for doing the podcast. So well, good. yeah, um, <laughs> we have a little bit of time before we transition. And I wanted to ask this question of the group. I'm very excited that live music is coming back. I'm very excited to check out shows at Harvell's and elsewhere in LA. So, you know, dream big guys. What artists do you really want to see now that shows are coming back? I tried to get tickets to Glass Animals. I really wanted to see them, but they were sold out before I could even like attempt. I want this on the record, Pedro. You named Dreamland uh, the best album of 2020, and that was before Heat Waves blew up the way it did. So, like, yeah. I mean, I named it my favorite at least of 2020. Yeah, I wanted to see them again. I seen them. I seen them once, but I really wanted to see. They were going to play the Hollywood Cemetery. Was it Ryan? Yeah, they still are. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, I mean, they still, no, you know what? They're not, they're not, because I'm not going. Just pretend it's not happening. Yeah, we'll figure out happening. a way in. Look, here's what's going to happen. We're <laughs> going to drive, denial. we're here, yeah. we're going to go in uh, to to pay respects to the Johnny Ramone grave. Ah, there we go, there we right? go. Can't it's get, not gonna. It's not gonna work. Kick us out for that. It's not gonna work. But I think I just like to dress up as Johnny Ramone for a night, <laughs> and then go to Blacks down the street if that's still open. I have no idea if it is, but. I think I would like to see um, Johnny Ramone. No, I think I'd like to see, um, boy, gosh, that's a good question. Damien might have an answer, though. Damien sees so much good live music, though, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. My, <laughs> uh, I spent uh, 20 years of Liquid Kitty in a dark bar, and I lost my sight, so I have to wear glasses all the time. Mm. Now I'm working at Harvell's. I'm going to go deaf. I'm going to be a miserable old man. <laughs> um I am really looking forward to seeing Manuel the band again. I just mm. love those kids. They're so talented and so much fun. But I'm also looking forward to seeing uh, Led Zeppelin again because their shows are just so good. If you like Led Zeppelin, oh. it is an amazing show. There's a, a blues guy, blues guitar player named Kirk Fletcher, who I just love. And he's playing at the end of the month. I don't think he's playing our club, uh, but he's playing around. Sure. So I'm going to probably go check him out. Um, he played with the. Ah, I may be wrong, but I think he played the fabulous, excuse me, fabulous Thunderbirds. I think he was their guitar player. Okay, he's incredible. And then Dennis Jones is another a remarkable guitar player who I love. I I really like guys that can shred, and these guys are so good. So I'm looking forward to seeing those are those are a few people I'm looking forward to see. But yeah, I see music every night. So yeah, well we do. I'm very about... lucky. It's... <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about shredding. I'm, I'm a really lucky bastard to, <laughs> to have landed at Harvell's. Yeah. We're going to talk uh, shredding. I think the band, I think the dream double bill, at least for Drew and I, is going to be the OCs with King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. You hear me? Ooh. What about you, Anthony? <gasps> okay, I was thinking about this, and there's like some big bands I want to see. My Chemical Romance is back. I want to live out my 2006 childhood fantasy of seeing them, but they're just sold out everywhere. They'll book three shows at the Forum, and they're just sold out in minutes, so it's nuts. And you know what? Maybe I'm thinking too big. I think the show I really want to see, um, uh, our good friend and friend of the pod, Talker. I she was one of the last shows I saw, um, right before quarantine when her EP Wax came out. And oh God, I think where was that? What's the name of that that venue that begins with a B? Um, in Koreatown, the Wiltern. Not the Wiltern. No, it's not the Wiltern. <laughs> the Bill the Biltern? The Biltern. The Biltern. The Belladium. <laughs> so she was one of the last people I saw before uh the pandemic hit when her EP Wax came out. 
She just has great energy. Um, Pedro, you remember when we saw her at the satellite? May that venue mm-hmm. rest in peace. Um, yeah, the, bat- she- the Batalite. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I just love her energy. I, I think she's going places. She was definitely going places before the pandemic hit. And I know she's going to be one of the first people on stage now that this is all over. So Talker, Celeste, if you're listening, I'm really excited to see whatever show you've got planned. Mm-hmm. We, lost a, we lost a few places during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. What is going to, what, they're turning the satellite into a restaurant or something? That is. They sold all of their, their audio and uh, lighting equipment. Yeah, they're, it's just going to be a restaurant. That's oh just so, that's the worst. That's. Well, look, if, it's a sh- if we're talking Shakey's Pizza Parlor, I'm not, I'm, I'm not that upset. <laughs> He's not even joking. One time, <laughs> one time Ryan and I went to a Shakey's while we were waiting for a comedy show and we were the only people there, not at a 12 year old's birthday party. <laughs> Pretty cool stuff, right? <laughs> right, Dave. Yeah. I'm sure you could have got an invite Very if cool. you really tried. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's All right. like a place where beer is like five ninety nine. Oh my god, that was so. It's not good. It's Why not do good. they Look. discourage adults from going there if they're going to make their beer five ninety nine? We have to we have to discern what the the term the word dark means here. Damien's described it to me in like a dark place where you can go and like cheat on your spouse. We're talking dark, like bleak. <laughs> that's more of our experience <laughs> Do you, uh, you know because of all the kids i have a i have a quick story about about Please. that when i was my first brick and mortar bar shop i was oh yeah maybe 17 18 and uh this guy used to come in every night it was a suit you'd come in after work with his a with suit. his girl <laughs> and they would sit like next to each other all cozy and touching and they'd have margaritas and and then one day he came in on like a Sunday afternoon with some woman, like a jumpsuit, some older woman. And they sat, you know, next to each other, but not close. And me being the kid, I, the idiot I am, oh, no. I threw down a napkin. And I went, what? Hey, man, how are you? Where's your wife tonight? Oh, <laughs> <And he> oh. <laughs> so, kid, oh no. This is my wife. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh, oh, you look like oh. someone else. I, 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 Boy, it's dark in here. Oh, back my glasses. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, wasn't it? Oh, I never no. saw the guy again. Uh, that's one of the quick one of the, one of the first lessons you learn is you don't really know them until they know you. But this so. is the balance you're talking about of relating to people, but not <laughs> not relating too much. You let you let them set the relationship. Yeah, that's see, if you see if you see somebody every day and they come in with somebody new, you don't really know them until they know you. And this is why you're taking classes in aerial acrobatics. You, you're walking tightropes every day. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like he's taking him because he's so skilled on this plane of Earth with humans. He's so adept that he's, he has to. Only, there's nowhere to go but up. <laughs> you guys, are way, you guys right. are way too nice. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that. But you've seen those lists. I mean, I mean, you've been in bars over the years, Damien. You see all the listicles and the ridiculous things that get posted, right? You know, with all the press and stuff. And they they have those lists, right? Like the timeout, LA best bars to cheat on your spouse at. oh yeah and it's like oh yeah the monty bar that's the best one because no one can see me and it's because it was so dark which one say again liquid where i where i used to work liquid, liquid kitty, kitty. right like, yeah. that's uh that's where kaylin met you right right yeah yeah she was telling me all about that one but unfortunately i didn't know about it until three years after it closed so yeah you, you guys had like punk rock barbecue nights right so my owner was really into the 80s punk rock scene. The guy that owned, Dave Childs. I still have lunch with the guy twice a week. That's how good of friends we are. Um, he, our playlist was all old school punk rock. Uh, it was mixed in with like Sinatra and weird shit. But for the most part, it was a punk rock bar. And so he was in a band. He still is in a band called Lawndale. It was part of the 80s punk rock scene here in L.A. And so... We'd every once every three months we'd have a punk rock barbecue. We'd give give away free hot dogs and we had two dollar PBRs and hell yeah five punk bands on a Sunday afternoon. That's it's a lot some, of fun. Now we do them at Hard House. That's the most punk thing I've ever heard. I love it. Free hot dogs and and PBR. So look, PBRs, the punks. Yeah. The the beauty though, the metro is a controversial thing, right? But the thing is, is that you don't have as many punks living in Santa Monica, but you can take the metro out there, right? Right. And that's right. that's key. I feel like. Because oh, you can't absolutely. have a scene if people can't afford there or get to the place. There can't be a scene. 
but you can take the metro out to Harvell's. It's right okay. near the stop. And soon, it's, yeah, it's a block from the now. stop. And right. soon, the purple line will go out to Beverly Hills, and we'll start seeing the scene appear there. <laughs> that's that? gonna be a whole different shit show <laughs> oh my god yeah all right uh as much as i want to continue this conversation we've gone a little over time and i think it's time we played our favorite game who would like to go into hashtag mood Woo! Uh, i would all right drew hit the theme song Woo! <laughs> best producer ever Thank you, Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty, for our favorite theme song of the night. Uh, don't worry, new new girlfriend. We also love your theme song that you give us as well. Uh, we don't play favorites here. We're like moms. Anyway, hashtag mood is the game we like to play at the end of every show that tests our playlist building skills. Today we have another return guest. It is the fabulous. The amazing, the created at Color Me Mine, uh, Mrs. Potts. <laughs> there she is. That's great. <laughs> we found her sitting at one of the, those tables in the back you were talking about. Har- at Harvell's. She was with she was, somebody who definitely was wasn't to, her spouse. Yeah, she was sitting with someone who was definitely not Mr. Potts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back in the before the times, <laughs> our guests would write... <laughs> little moods on slips of paper and throw them in mrs potts and we would draw one per episode and try to create a playlist to match it this could be anything from uh it's a rainy day outside and i'm feeling blue to somebody started the gasoline fight from zoolander and you need to get away from there quick (laughs) uh ryan can you pull a mood for us to uh to to playlist today oh yes and each of us will get a chance to pick one song to go with it i forgot to mention yep hold on here just got my hand stuck in it gotta get some honey to get my hand out of it two seconds please anthony are you gonna read the the long one oh yeah this one just came in hot i i think mrs potts may have written it herself oh boy all right so you're in the back of Harvell's with somebody who definitely is not your wife. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bartender who knows you as a regular has just approached you and said, Hey, how's it going? Where's your wife tonight? Recover from this social faux pas in song. Uh, well, I had a couple, but uh, the first one that came to my mind is Patsy Klein, your cheating heart. There you go. Oh, oh there we nice. go. Love it. Perfect. You got another one, though. Let's hear the other one. Uh, it's uh, You Ought to Know, Alanis Morissette. That's um, another good okay. one. There we go. That's great. I love All right. Brian, he's going to go next. He's into it. I had, a, I had, a, I had a, 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 an obvious one, but uh, uh, Damien started talking about old punk and like rock, and I started going like, yeah, what are those old like crossover thrash metal records I used to love? So I thought, let's go with Now It's Dark by Anthrax. <laughs> oh wow from Anthrax? their out from their 1988 Dang. album state of euphoria which is wow. actually about i think a, the character in blue velvet but i gotta go with that one because it's just so look it's right you just know when it's right <laughs> <laughs> so there it is that's mine pedro what you got I've got "Remember" by the Shangri-Las. It's that song, that's, <laughs> oh, there's, no. it's like kind of popular on TikTok right now. Okay, um, yeah. it's got because uh, it's got the lyric like, I mean, the guy who's just been outed, he's got to be thinking, oh, let me think, what can I do? Oh no, oh no, oh no. <laughs> and then uh, there's also that lyric where I mean, his his wife sitting next to him has to be like, whatever happened to that boy I once knew? Uh, the boy who said that he'd be true. What happened? There's just all these great lyrics that work for this situation. So the quicksand sock hop. <laughs> all right. So I am so surprised that no one picked the one that I, I thought was going to go. So I had a backup one, which was going to 
be uh, I Ran So Far Away by um, oh, Flock of Seagulls. Flock of Seagulls. Yep, because I'm just getting the heck out of there. So that's one way I might respond to this scenario. And the other one would be um, just Deny All. So it wasn't me by Shaggy. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. I'm, sur- yeah, I, I'm surprised not more of us thought of that. Yeah, it was just like the the other day where we all thought that we were going to choose each other's songs, but no one. <laughs> <laughs> have a mood of your own listeners leave us a message by calling the tunes and tumblers hotline at 626-604-6477 mrs potts only stops in to borrow money on her whirlwind wanderlust journey so we need to fill up that inbox while she's gone also keep an eye out for our guest announcements that happen every friday if you leave a message when your favorite artist talks to us they will get a chance to hear your voice and take on your challenge so mm-hmm. be sure to do that. Uh, we have some really great guests coming up in the the coming weeks that you may know. And you might see them at the uh, the old Harvell's Bar. Oh, we'll yeah. <laughs> you never know. Live shows are coming back, folks. Check those calendars. June 15th. June 15th. But unfortunately, this night must come to an end. It's last call. Uh... Damien wants to close up the bar and go home. Um, so any lingering thoughts before the lights come on? We have to down these cores and, and whatever else we're drinking and just, you know, we, we don't have to go home, but we can't stay here. Uh, any thoughts, gentlemen? If I, if I go to Sunday, it's the Sunday blues night. I better see you swinging from the ceiling, Damien. Dude, text me and I'll, I'll meet okay. you down there. We'll, we'll, we'll get on the ropes. Perfect. <laughs> I need to get my trapeze belt embroidered. Wait, you have one? No, you need to get it bedazzled is what you got Bedazzled. Do. That's it, exactly. <laughs> Up to now, I'm, that's definitely going to do that now. <laughs> Looking for some real windswept looks. Catch my drift. <laughs> well... We got to get out to Harvell's. Check the Harvell's calendar. So we got, what do we got coming up on the schedule? We got the New Orleans night for Mardi Gras. We got Led Zepp again. Alligator Beach is coming back. Um, Cafe R&B. Jerry's Middle Finger is coming back in the fall. Cubensis is coming back. M and the Gems is, I don't know if you guys are probably not familiar with her, but she is, uh, she, when she performs, her evening tells a story. Mm. so okay she plays keyboard she has a really great band and all of her songs kind of flow together as one night of storytelling that's amazing um, she's okay. coming back okay. nice. yeah check the calendar uh santamonica.harvells.com nice there we go can't wait for it besides that do you have anything else that you want to plug before we go damien no i just i wanted to say thanks you guys were really uh really generous and with your time and and held my hand through this whole thing and i really want to know want you to know that i appreciate it and i had a blast talking to you guys so oh man and you're always Thank welcome you. come to, you know call me come down to the club and we'll hold do shots hand. and we'll see some music hold our hands on the ropes you know <laughs> <laughs> june 15th hey, if you want to take trapeze class let me know it's, it's on the pier in santa monica so it's oh. close to harvell's wow june 25th mardi gras anthony's doing his first pickleback shot <laughs> <laughs> oh boy so everyone come out to see that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't miss it. Thank you so much, Damien. Thank yes, you, Damien. Thanks, again. Oh, thanks guys. Appreciate you guys it. were fantastic. All right. And thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to like the show in Atwood on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends. It helps us out a lot. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franslau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. And until next time, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.